And let me start around here. Think about this while I make my way. What makes you happy? What makes you happy? Barbara. Oh, well. Please don't say John. <laughs> I, I know he does. What makes you happy? Being with my children and my grandchildren. Being with my children and grandchildren. Let's see someone over here. What makes you happy? Pastor wants to say what makes him happy. <laughs> Snacks. Snacks. There you go. Does that include Mountain Dew? Yes. <laughs> what makes you happy? Over here, Pastor. Someone from, from here. What makes you Anyone happy? Someone else over here first. Okay, good. <laughs> Knowing that I'm a born-again Christian and I'll spend my eternity in heaven. Amen. Amen. What makes you happy? We have a little hand right here. Mm-hmm. For my life and Jesus. For your life and Jesus. Anybody else on that side? What makes you happy? What makes you happy? Over here? There you go. Who was it? I thought, I thought John raised his hand. No. <laughs> Anybody else? What makes you happy? Nobody else? Okay, Pastor, over here. You can share what makes you happy. I should say something funny to Pastor, but truly, number one, to be a child of God, and number two, to be privileged to be part of Faith Baptist. Amen. 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 And we got a couple of people over here. First of all, it's a joy to know that my sins are forgiven. I'm on my way to heaven. And happening, when things are happening around me are good and nice. Amen. I am happy. Amen. Amen. Surrounding is good. Okay. You have this last one over here. And what makes you happy? Right over here. What makes me happy, I would say, are sneakers. 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 Sneakers make you happy. Okay. Yes. Kyrie's. Yes. <laughs> okay. That's what makes me sad. That's what makes me <laughs> Thank you so much, Pastor. Oh, you have one more? Friends. Friends. Amen. I'll tell you what makes me happy. Those are good ones. What do you what makes me happy? You take a three by three, one and a half inch deep slice of brownie. You put it in the microwave for 40 seconds. And then you pop it out and put two scoops of ice cream on that. That makes me happy. You could get an automatically smile out of me. Is you do that anytime, any day, no matter what happening. I'll tell you what else makes some people happy. I don't know if you're following the, um, the World Cup. Anybody here, soccer fan? Okay, just a couple, but let me tell you, U.S. is doing pretty well. They're not doing too, they're not doing too bad. My team, Costa Rica, we won today by one, but the first team was bad. So bad we were ready to send all the players back home. 7-0. Nobody was happy then. But could you imagine this? You got one of the number two, number one or two team in the world. Number one or two team in the world. Of the best defense players and the number one player in the world. I mean, he's the best they ever had. And you have to face that team. And then the other team is just one of those teams that everybody's going to kick around. Everybody's going to kick around because, you know, it's a team that don't, doesn't have a culture of, of soccer. They just got there because everybody else was worse than them. So they really don't have that big expectation for that team. So the number one or one or one, number one or two going to face this team. So everybody expected what? The number one with the best player, with the number one player to just swipe away at this team. 
They started winning. One zero. So everybody, all the commentators saying, it's going to happen. Be prepared. Hold your basket. There's going to be a ton of goals coming in. They had no chance. And all in a sudden, all in a sudden, this little unexpected team tied the game. They tied the game. So everybody's like, "Uh uh-oh, what's going on here? And then a few minutes later, they did not only tie the game, they put in another goal. So now they're up 2-1. And people are like, what is going on? This had never happened in soccer history. It's supposed to be 90 minutes. They gave an extra 9 minutes to play. And they going at it. They got to 9 minutes. And everybody, because I don't like the other team. Everybody's yelling, stop the game. Stop the game. 10 minutes, 11 12 minutes, people are throwing things at the TV. Referee, stop the game. It went to 13 plus minutes extra than the regular time. And they won. This unexpected team beat a number one with the best player in the world. You want to see happiness? Watch this. was Argentina against Saudi Arabia. <laughs> this guy was so happy, he popped his door of his house out and threw it outside. Look at, look at it. <laughs> That's happiness there, man. He was so happy. This other guy was so happy, he could not contain himself. Nobody, you're going to see it in a moment. He's going to take his dress off. Look at that. That's happiness right there. (laughs) Saudi Arabia people were so happy that they declared a national holiday. This was the first game. It doesn't matter. There was more games to go. They didn't care. National holiday and the king of Saudi Arabia gave each one of the players a new Phantom Rolls Royce. Over $300 car for each player. In their mind, they don't care for the rest of the World Cup. They won. They won. All right? They are the champions. And that's how they celebrate. Happiness. Happiness. Happiness is an emotion arising for the, from the inner conviction that all is right with the world. It's a sense of well-being, joy, and contentment. When God created the world and he put Adam and Eve, he gave them a garden where they have everything that was necessary for their happiness, for them to be fulfilled. But we know what happened is you read the Genesis chapter 3 account. They failed to, to, to find their happiness with the knowledge of God as their source of that happiness, which led to them to sin and then be banished from the Garden of Eden. From that moment of the fall, from that very day, humanity, mankind, struggle to regain a sense of happiness that Adam and Eve experienced in the presence of God. One of the things that we must and one understand as you read the Bible, as we read the Bible, is that happiness is not the theme neither of the Old Testament or the New Testament. Instead, what we find is something different. Find your Bible, please. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. In Luke chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus, speaking to his disciples, this can also be found in Mark 8, in Luke 9, 23, Jesus said to his disciples the following. 
And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. All through the New Testament we find commands to deny self, to take up a cross, and to consider oneself dead to sin. All these things says that these are the requirements from God, then how can I be happy when I must choose the opposite of what I desire? The opposite of what I desire. Aristotle said this, happiness depends on ourself. And I believe that many of the, through the ages, through centuries, many have taken upon this philosophy to write books about positive thinking and build their lives thinking that we are the creator we are the one who built up or we can build up our own happiness. And this brings to this focus on ourselves and crave the temporary things. That happiness depends on ourselves. Create points or a philosophy of thinking that give us a sense of entitlement. A sense of, we deserve it. Have you ever heard this? You deserve to be happy. You must be happy. You earn happiness. Happiness is yours, they will say. You hear in the philosophy, they will say things that God's, that God's will for his children is to be happy. Whatever makes me happy is good. And whatever makes me unhappy is wrong. So if it's good for you and it makes you happy, and that's what you feel like and that's what you want, so do it. If it makes you happy, who am I to judge you? Who am I to tell you that is wrong? Because at the end, what we are here for is to be what? Happy. The last one is interesting to me. Discomfort. Risk, obstacles, difficulties, suffering cannot, and again, cannot be God's will. That's what that philosophy preach and teach. And that's what the books that, it, that inundate our libraries and bookstores, self-help, positive thinking, say to people, in the Spanish world, I don't know in the English world, we do have that, but we have a, a denomination that, that is called Pare de Sufrir, Stop Suffering. It started in Brazil, and now it's all over the hemisphere. And it convinced people that suffering and pain cannot be God's will. That's you going through that, there should be something wrong with you. Instead, God wants you to be healthy, wealthy, and happy all the time. And we can help you for, to, and we can help you to accomplish those goals by a little donations. That will make me happy. <laughs> Them happy. But that's the philosophy. Everybody wants to be happy. Based on the philosophy that we can have or build happiness on ourselves. We are focused on ourselves and crazy the temporary things, clouding our thinking and even engaging in things that we know are wrong or the Bible tells us that are so. We substitute the best from God for the faith false God of human illusion. I repeat that. We substitute the best from God for the fake gods of human illusion. False gods. Yes. Today, mankind worship false gods. In some areas, as we think of idols, we think of a statue made of a stone or marble 
But let me tell you, comfort is a false god. I have to have it. Without that, I cannot do it. This is so important to me. It is, it is, let me tell you, it is crucial for me to have it. A little rain, a little heat, a little cold. Oh, oh, that's too much to me. If I'm not comfortable, I cannot function. So comfort now becomes a God. Anything that made me uncomfortable, number one, cannot be said. And number two, I don't want to partake in it. Why? Because I need to be comfort. I need to have comfort. Money. I'm not a false god. Money. And we do one or two or three jobs in order to get the money. And we get more of things we don't need of. How many people we know that because of money and desire for money, has lost themselves. Has lost themselves. That's a false God that make us believe if we have enough of, enough of it, we're going to be happy. I know what the sad thing it is. The sad thing it is that we live in a structure. The, 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 the world is structured in such a way that makes us believe that money is the solution for all things. Having the money. Pleasure. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Whereas alcohol, drugs, sex, or other things, that moment of pleasure become a, 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 a God that some of their engaged cannot do without. I have no people and perhaps if we do think about it, that all many things, all many things, one would have not started in their youth if they would have known how it would end. That's the problem with sin. It never gives you the other side of the coin. Things are not a false God. Things, having things, accumulating things. And the more, the merrier. Do I really need another pair of shoes? Do I really need another pair of shoes? Do I really need a better, newer TV? Do I really, really need it? But you know, it's Thanksgiving and it's Black Friday and Walmart said they have 70% off and then tomorrow is going to be Cyber Monday and Amazon is going to have 50% or, or already what is 70% off. So it's going to be so cheap, so inexpensive and they're so good. And besides, this TV is like, uh, it's not 4K. And then we go. How we guess it. And you know what, it, and you know what the sad thing is? You see, parents trying to bribe their children with things. If you behave, I give you this. If you get a new, if, if you get good, good, good grades, I'm gonna give you the new PSC four. PS, where, where are we now? PSC what? Five. Okay, thank you. I would try to bribe or. Or, or children. If you clean your room and I give, I'm gonna give you a 20. If you, uh, anybody here remember being bribed uh, with, by your parents when you were a kid? Adults? I don't remember that. I remember, I, 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 I used to have to bring my mom nothing less than, nothing less than a B plus. Anything less than a B plus, everything will be shut down in the house. Everything will be shut down. She said, I work, that's my job. She was a secretary. You go to school, you, that's your job. And there were no bribing. No bribing whatsoever. But things, we accumulate things. Because you see, life is about us. And this type of mentality 
this type of thinking, this type of philosophy also creep in in churches. In believers that need to be comfortable, that going after money, that come to church, that go to church thinking that they need, they have to be pampered, and things are what matter. Church and God is about them. Just like Jesus said in Laodicean church when he revealed to, to John in the book of Revelation. Where Christ is out of the church knocking and asking the church to let him in. Why? Because folks just want to be happy. Watch this. I hope no one say amen. I hope no one say amen. That's what is preached from pulpits today. Christians fill arenas because the idea is I want to be happy. And you know what? What should make what this should make us think? When you walk into a Christian bookstore, read the titles of the books. Read the title of of the book. There are some good books and, and praise God here we got a pastor that from time to time will give us pastors good books. He come across good books and he pass it on to us. But you go to a regular Christian bookstore the majority of the books are all about positive thinking and self-help. You have to think what's going on with Christians. <laughs> we need, we, we, we really trouble people. Are we supposed to have Christ? But that's what they, they, they preach. Go to 1 John chapter 2, if you would, please. 1 John chapter 2. The world has the idea. 1 John chapter 2, verse 14. It says, I have written unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you young men because you are strong and the word of God abide in you and you have overcome the wicked, both for adults and young. Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Listen, it says love not the world. It doesn't say that I should hate the world. It says love not the world. Look at the next verse. For all that is in the world, the loss of the flesh and the loss of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away and the loss thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abided forever. All what we see going to pass away. We may live in this life and in this world and get to enjoy his creation. And we get to do things and experience things. But it's very sad that in some circles and from some pulpits, what they preach is that prosperity equals happiness and equals the will of God. And that's what makes um, God happy. Let me tell you, is prosperity equals spirituality and, 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 and the will of God. That means that Elon Musk and Bill Gates are the most spiritual people in the face of the earth. And we know that not to be so. Go to Psalm 112, verse 1. The things of the world are going to pass away, but he that doeth the will of God abides forever. We ought to focus on that which is eternal, not that that is temporary. God is not too concerned about our temporary happiness, but rather pushes us to have more of an eternal view of life. 
He's not too concerned for me to be happy now, but to have an eternal view. The psalmist, one, one, 112 verse 1. Read. Let me find it first. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that fear the Lord, that delight greatly in his commandments. Let me read again. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that fear the Lord, that delight greatly in his commandment. He says, blessed. What does the word blessed mean? What does the word blessed mean? You see, the word blessed in the Greek is the word I hope I share, and in the Greek is the word uh, makarius. And the other idea of being more than happy. Happy indeed. One that is more than ex- exalted. Because of the level of spirituality and view of life that they obtain. And you will find in the Bible that over and over it mentioned the word blessed. 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 Being more than happy. Look at Psalm 1 if you would please. Psalm 1. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man, we read. Blessed is the man that walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of scornful. In other words, more than happy is the man that never hear the counsel, walk with these type of people, or never sit with scornful. More than happy. Above happiness. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law that he meditate day and night. You are more than happy. When the law of the Lord is what dominates your mind. Because what dominates, dominates your mind is going to dominate your heart. Think about this. What dominates your thinking day in and day out? Money? Pleasure? Comfort? The next thing I need to buy? Some other thing? What dominate our thinking? He said, more than happy is the man that delight in that word, in God's word. Because that man shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaves also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Yes, prosper. Yes, prosper. All what they preaching and coming up with all these funny ideas and most of them are evil. Putting things before God, the Bible tells us as we delight in God, in His Word, we shall be this type of man, this type of person. You see, Jesus taught about being happy also. But when we go see what Jesus said about being happy, being blessed, being more than happy, we're going to find out it's totally different, opposite of what the world, of what the world emphasized. Go to Matthew chapter 5. You're going to see the blessed be mentioned there over and over and over again. Matthew chapter 5. This is the Sermon of, of, of the Mount. And Jesus, after he was baptized, after he went and have the 40 days in the desert and be tempted by the devil, he came out and preached. And this is what he says. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on the mountain and when he was set, 
his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In other words, more than happy are the poor in spirit. Verse 4. More than happy are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. More than happy are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. More than happy are they which do anger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. More than happy are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. More than happy are the poor in heart, for they shall see God. More than happy are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. More than happy are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You see that? One of the things you see nowadays on the street, a person drive, drive, get a new truck or get a, a new house and they put on their plate, blessed. Blessed. And perhaps what they're trying to say is that you know, God gave me this truck or God gave me this house or something like that. But you know what the message that is sending? Is that only in, mat- in materials and the good, the better, and the more, that is synonymous with God's blessing. But just taking by example the last one in verse, in verse 10. But he said, blessed are those that are persecuted. More than happy are those that are persecuted for righteousness sake. You know what that means? Let's say tomorrow you go to your job and it's your lunch time and you have your lunch before you and you sat there and you put, and you clo- close your eyes and bow your head and you pray and give thanks for your meal and end it in Jesus name. Amen. And your boss or supervisor is passing by and they see you and they say, you know what? We don't want none of your kind here. You're fired and you lose your job, you could say, I just love my job, I'm blessed. Do you think that ever happened? Hope so. Because for righteousness sake, God is not interested so much for us to be all happy today, even though we can enjoy some happiness, but to actually being happy for doing what is right. Being happy for doing what is right and being happy for having a good relationship with him. Mankind of avoiding their heart in their soul and try to fill it with all sort of things. All sort of things are mentioned. But that void that we have in our soul, that mankind, that, that crave is actually, it actually can only be filled by God. Can only be filled by God alone. This happiness is found in God as the source. And that type of happiness, the one that God gives, that comes through his word and a good and a true relationship with him, it comes with obedience, with humility. It's, it comes, it accompanies with virtue, with faith, with hope, with love that is directed towards God. The happiness that God gives, the blessing that God gives is far better than the temporary happiness that contemporary culture can give. This happiness can only be satisfied and given by God because only the Lord, only God can satisfy a man's soul. Nothing else. Nothing else. So does God want me to be happy? But you're saying, preacher, then I can't be happy. It's wrong to be happy. No, it's not wrong to be happy. I try to believe I'm a happy person. I like to smile. I like to laugh. I like to, I, I, I enjoy a good joke. I enjoy a good, a good snack. You already know my snack, what my snack is. You can be happy, but that are not to be my goal in life. That not to be my goal in love, life. Contentment. Why is contentment 
more important than happiness. Contentment. To be content. Happiness is a bit different from a feeling. Rather it's an experience. Usually all marred by positive thinking. Contentment, on the other hand, is a long-lasting feeling accompanied by peacefulness, gratitude, and satisfaction. Go to the book of Psalms, verse ter, um, chapter ter, ter 37, if you would please. It's book of Psalm 37. Psalm 37. I mean, Job, no wonder. I'm thinking that's not what I read the last when I was doing this. <laughs> Psalm 37. Look at verse 1. It says, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass, and he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prosper in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil, for evildoers shall be cut off. But they, but those that wait upon the Lord shall inherit the earth. We look at TV, we hear the news, and we envy as we see others prosper. And we are tempted to do evil, to follow their way. To get what they have. To live that they live. And we say, oh, look at that house. Oh, look at their cars. We, look, we have all these rappers in their videos. Come on and entice youth with the bling bling and the blam blam. And the youth today look at that and say, wow, I want to be like them. And they buy their clothing and, and they wear their pants like that. And they walk like they're going to the bathroom or who knows. But you know what they don't tell the youth? And it's a little co co commercial that their children go to the best schools. That they live in the best neighborhoods. That they hang out with people with money and prosper. They make the music and they believe and enjoy life with those that they think are their day class. They never go and hang out or allow their own children to hang out with those who buy their music. But then we envy them. We look at the world and, 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 and we say, oh wow, I want to be like them. God says, no. Rest in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Cease. Don't entice yourself in any way to do evil. Delight. Delight. Commit your way to him. Contentment comes from a relationship to what is going on around us. Rather than our reaction to it. And, and Paul knew this very well. Go to Philippians chapter 4 if you would please. Philippians chapter 4. 
when Paul write as his Philippians, to the Philippians and give them thanks because they are, they have sent in care for him, he writes in this letter thanking them for their gift and their constant taking care of him. But listen to what he says here in chapter 4, verse 10. He says, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me have flourished again, where you are also careful, but you lack opportunity. You see, this church wanted to care for the apostle and the ministry. So they sent a gift to him. Verse 11. Not that I speak in respect of one, for I have learned, he says, I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be what? Content. He said, I have learned. People, contentment is something that is learned. Because our flesh is never content. The book of Proverbs tell us that the eyes, the eyes and her ears never see. It always one and one and one and one. The flesh always desire, desire, desire. He said, I have learned no matter state I am, there we to be content. Verse 12. I know both how to be abased and I now hope to abound. Here we were. And in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Part of the Christian experience, part of his Christian experience is to have seasons of abundance and seasons of need. But in both cases, he learned, and what he learned? To remain the same person serving God and his commitment to the Lord and to the ministry and his commitment to the gospel. You have learned to be the same no matter what. He didn't say, well, you know, things are not working out. We are going to stop going to church on Sunday night because we got to put in some more hours because we really need some money. Oh, you see, I'm not feeling too well now. I'm feeling down. I'm going to cut choir until I feel better. Then I'm going to join. Let me tell you something. Church service and our commitment to God is not based on how we feel. It's not based on how we feel. It's something we ought to do because we love him. Because we're content no matter what our state is. You hear folks that say, you know, when I finish, <clears throat> when, I fin- when I finish with my car loan, when I finish with my house loan, when I finish paying my children education, when I finish with my goal for my 401k, when I finish with my goal for my IRA, and when then I start working on my, on my, on my wife and she have enough, when all that is settled, then we might think and doing something for missions or something for the Lord. What? By that day you'll be too old. It's now. It's today. It's that beloved. You don't wait until things are better. You serve the Lord now. And you know what is important? Uh, you know, some of us that still have children at home, that watching our example and what we do with our time, money, resources, and, we, and which God we worship, and how we worship him, that they will see that type of commitment in us first. And that's how they're going to learn. It's church. It's church attendance. Worship to God. Serving God. The things of God are a, are a, a priority in, in for, 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 for you. It most likely going to be a priority for your children. Folks, as parents, we have to stop trying to make our children happy and work out that they will be more godly. You say, What? All the kids' eyes went like this. Ooh. 
Yeah. Parents today kill themselves in trying to make our little boy, our little kid, our children happy. And let me tell you, kids today get away with murder. Literally. That's why being a parent is not for cowards. Now, the truth is this, and you and I know this. If we teach them to be godly, what's going to happen at the end? They will be what? Happy. They will be blessed. They'll be more than happy. If we teach them now to be godly, if we teach them now to have priority to what is important in life. Paul says, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound in everywhere and in all things. I'm, I'm an instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer. I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. You see, that's the right use of that verse. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Things are not going well. I just find out a illness that I have. Perhaps I lost my, 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 my job. Or, 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 or there's a terrible situation that is causing me pain or suffering. Still, in Christ, I can do all things. In Christ, I can still come to church and praise His name with joy. In Christ, I can still go out on visitation. In Christ, I can still be as my small group. In Christ, I can still go out there and be a Sunday school teacher. In Christ, I can still continue to do what I used to do for the Lord. And you know what? I'm going to add something else because I want to praise his name and thank him. And I'm content where he got me today. Instead of push back, go forward. Paul says, I can do. I have learned to be in both situations. Is not reacting to the things that surround me, but learning how to respond to them. You know this one? Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye, what? First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek ye first and the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Seeking first. And if you know the context, he was talking about clothing and living and so on. I want to end with this. Instead of striving for temporary happiness we can settle into contentment that no one can take away and no one can give us because it comes from God I might enjoy a house, a car a job, etc But still, that doesn't define me, and my identity does not come from that. It's the contentment that I get from God and God alone. But talking about being happy, have we ever wondered what makes God happy? What makes God happy? We are here to love God supremely. To love God supremely. Over anything or anyone to love God supremely. In fact, Jesus said that if we don't love him above wife, children, mother, or father, we cannot be his disciples. That's what he says. So we are here to love God supremely. So what makes 
God's happy. What pleases the Lord? Instead of thinking what is good for me and what makes me happy, Lord, what makes you happy? Are several verses there. But I want to read. I want to read one. Go, you would please, Brother Lardy, to Psalm nineteen fourteen, and then John fifteen eight. Because a reason of time, I won't read those other two. Psalm nineteen fourteen says. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. God is, what, God, what made God happy is the meditation and the words that comes out of my mouth. The meditation of my heart. Because you see, that's what controls the rest of the body. My heart. What makes God happy? John chapter 15, verse 8. We read, Aaron is my father glorified. In our songs we sing, glorify thy name. We glorify God. God, you get the glory. To God be the glory. Aaron is my father glorified. That ye bear much fruit, so shall, be, so shall ye be my disciples. That's what made God happy. Bearing fruit. When our joy and hope are based on that which cannot be taken away, we found true happiness, people, and God is pleased. Let's focus on the eternal, not in the temporary, in the eternal. Those things that cannot be taken away. And then we truly will be blessed. Father God, we thank you for your word. There's so much that you say to us in your word, God. When we listen to a person to say that being happy and your church and your word is not really for you, but for us, Lord, our heart cringe. Heavenly Father, let the goal or the desire of our heart always be to please you. We thank you for Jesus. Because in Jesus and with Jesus alone, we are complete. And we thank you for that. In his name we pray. Amen.